Holy Spirit, there are there is a flow that's happening on so many levels around you, and there's like entrance ramps, like an interstate. Show us the one you'd like us to enter on. Get us up to speed so we don't get knocked off once we get in the flow of traffic there.
bloodlines have been altered right now. Major shifts in the land right now. Angels, new angels are taking their place over this region. Over this
Lord, receive all the glory. Oh, receive all the honor. Receive all the praise.
his lightning rod on this planet. just commune with your father right now. His ears are open. His heart is open. Your faith has opened heaven. Houses your emotions. 
created all of the synapses we have in our brain because it has to work with the brain, which helps the body. And the thoughts in our bodies from the mind create this chemistry that we form ideas and images. We form our life from it. And it's only chemistry. And what the Lord does in settings like this, He makes you conscious of His presence. And consciousness of His presence eliminates the chemistry in your body. It actually nullifies the chemistry that you produce. It starts to break the synapses and the connections we've made with history, trauma, chaos, and the image of who we think we are. Physically, we're electromagnetic beings. opportunity now on this planet to be what we thought we could never be. Because he's divinely interfered with our doubt and unbelief. Thank you, Lord. Holding up spiritual mirrors for you to see your true image. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So as you gaze into that spiritual mirror, you're not going to see the image of who you think you are. You're going to see the image of who you are. And that's pure substance and light of God. And even your physical eyes cannot see light. You see the reflection but the energy of light is so intense and so much greater than your eyes can perceive because it was created from it. You can't see what you're created from. 
you can only be that substance. And in those spiritual mirrors, you, you see with your physical and spiritual eyes the way the Holy Spirit sees you. So when you get caught up with an image that starts to form the way you feel, you're not seeing who you are. You were designed physically to reflect spiritually, not the other way around. society today we see people who don't understand their spiritual nature <clears throat> react to the image of who they think they are and those thoughts as I said create this chemical and this chemical produces a feeling in your body now when a person is depressed angry or jealous or uh, feels some kind of emotion, your brain has a hypothalamus in it that produces a chemistry to help calm those emotions and calm those reactions in your body. Over time, if a person sees himself as depressed, or sees himself as uh, misused, or angry, or jealous, or hurt in any way. The hypothalamus gland cannot produce strong enough chemistry to sedate that person. So they go to a physician and he gives them chemistry that will synthetically start to do what the body was naturally created to do. And over time, those organs are infected affected by the synthetic because the body can't assimilate it. So disease starts to happen in the body. So the cycle becomes more and more intense. You start to see the disease of people over time like this. And what happens is your body then becomes your brain. Your body tells your brain how to respond to its feelings. So when the body starts taking the place of what the brain's supposed to do, you create a habit. So when the body is telling the brain what to do, you start creating these habits that make it very difficult to change. Wow. So spiritually, we have such great opportunity to start to detach ourselves from these emotions that have been keeping people from experiencing the glory of God. 24-7. You can walk in the Spirit of God, but your body and your mind have become in the way, have gotten in the way of what God has been trying to do. And then you mix that with theology and doctrine that everybody's grown up under, and you just compound things. So I encourage all of you to get into these kinds of settings as often as you can, because the Holy Spirit makes you conscious of his presence, and it starts to change the chemistry in your body. So physically and spiritually, you can be changed.
know, I don't know why I keep getting up on now, but can we just try this? Oh, it's fine. If we had a real sound guy, I would know, but I'm not so good enough to not focus in. Yeah, that's what we're going to Salvation is of the Jews. 
So salvation is specifically addressed by Jesus to this woman. And you'll notice in the verse before that there's no worship in Jerusalem. So those of you who think Jesus is coming back to Jerusalem so you can worship, I think he just negated that right there. So in this verse we see that salvation is of the Jews because God in his infinite wisdom knew before the foundation of the world what would happen in the garden and that man because of his sin would be lost so he needed to redeem man. So there was a plan in place before you were even born, before anything ever happened on the planet that man was going to be redeemed. But he needed a people for that. That's what the Jews were for. That's what the Hebrews were for. That's what Abraham was for. He was a conduit for Jesus to come into the earth and redeem man for every man who would believe what God had done through his son. That is salvation. And it says in the scriptures, those who call upon me, I will save. The conversation in, verse, in chapter 3 with Nicodemus, who is a Jew, a Pharisee, in fact, the word salvation is not mentioned. So you see right there, there's a difference between new birth and salvation. You have to understand that. And then this verse 4 says, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Those birds are loving this. They are loving this. Now we, we've read in... Okay, flip over real quick to Luke 17. And let's look at verse 20 and 21. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. This is Jesus speaking. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Now, we spoke a little bit earlier about where the you is inside of us. The you is not the image you see in your physical mirror. If you were to take your finger and try to find the spot inside of you, the you, where you could say, I, or me, you couldn't find that. So when Jesus is saying the kingdom of God will not come with observation, he's talking about this experience inside of you when you know that you are in him and he's in you. That is described a little bit more clear in John 14. Let's flip over there real fast. Look at verse 10. Jesus is speaking. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? 
The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Nicodemus wanted to know who, what are these signs? We know you come from the Father because of these signs. Jesus is making the statement in this chapter that he doesn't even do the works. It's the Father that does the works. And why is it that the Father can do the works? Because he's in him. And further down we see in the same chapter see up here in verse 10 that Jesus is talking about being in the Father and the Father in Him and believe me for the work's sake. Okay, verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the sake of the works. That was for Nicodemus. And then he says if you keep if you, if you love me keep my commandments. I will pray the Father and He will send you another the Helper you may abide with you forever. And then he says, at that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now what day is he talking about in verse 20? At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That way, that day comes when you recognize the works that are happening around you, you have no part in. You're conscious of that. But you see the works being done. That's the day. That way you know you are in Him. He is in the Father. You're in the Father because you're in Him. So you are working in unity to see the transformation of things going on around you, knowing you're not part of what's happening, you're just the conduit of being able to observe it. You see, that's the only time you can observe the kingdom. See, Jesus didn't tell the Pharisees that. Because they wanted laws and regulations and tell me how to do it so that I can find a way to get around what you say. But that day is when you recognize you're in Him, He's in you, and He's in the Father. So that day comes during a new birth transition. Okay, not salvation. This is a new birth. Alright. And then, let me flip over here real quick. I just saw something. 
in verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So when we're talking about the heart a minute ago, and how God is trying to change our thoughts, but he recognizes the love we have for him in our hearts. The heart is the place where you're troubled, not the soul. You see, the soul is housed in our minds. And we, that's where our images come from. That's where our beliefs come from. That's where our emotional ideas take place. And our emotions are, come from that area. But when the emotions have changed the quality of our physical being because of so much wrong thinking, so much wrong ideas, so much wrong imagination, then the heart gets troubled. The heart is affected over time because of the condition of our thoughts and our bodies. So the heart starts to get troubled. And when the heart gets troubled, there is no peace to be found. You start looking for peace outside of what God has designed you for. To receive it from the Spirit of God. Okay, I'm not going to charge you for that one. Okay, over to Genesis. of the planet when it was created. I want you to see that creation cannot begin in this setting or in anything God does without the Godhead. And when I say the Godhead, I'm including Jesus as the water. Hold your finger there. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5. For whatever is born of God, new birth, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Now we know in John 1 that the Word was with God and was God, correct? Okay. So we know the Word in chapter 7 is Jesus. And there are three that bear witness on the earth, the Spirit, capital S, Spirit of God, the water, and the blood. 
Who came by water and blood? And these three agree as one. So when you go to creation and you see the water with the Spirit hovering over the water, you see the Godhead. And if you see the Godhead in that picture, you start to get the understanding of how everything is done in heaven and on earth. The Godhead, which you are part of if you're in Him and He's in the Father, operate in you the same way it operated before creation. Okay. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So when He said, light be, there are several translations that say light is. And this is the first day light. This is God releasing his full glory into this void, empty space. Now, this space, this void, this empty, had a surface because that's where the water was. The water was on this surface and the spirit was hovering over the water. So when God spoke, it went into both the Spirit and the water. And the Spirit and the water then started to reproduce everything that was in the intention of the Father. So even though he went day by day in Genesis, it was already being done before it was being done. In other words... Our physical being is not the reality of who we are. We've already spoken about that. We've already said that our, we are spirit. So what happened in creation was the physical manifestation of what God was watching and seeing in the spiritual realm. In that realm, there's no time. There's not anything physical. It's just spirit. But it has substance. So Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit were giving form to his substance on this planet. Wow. And you see, so much of how we operate on this planet detaches us from that substance and just gives us form. Which is pretty much what theology and doctrines are. All of the religions on the planet come from that model. Form without substance. So when we see the essence of who we are, and we start to recognize the character that is in us from the spiritual dimension, we, 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 we can't help but be different. You, you, you can't remain the same if you know this truth, folks. You just can't. Unless you just refuse. Because will is something that no one can change. That's why he gave it to you. He wants you to love him because you want to. He wants you to serve him because you want to. And every half step we take towards him, he takes a giant step toward us. And when he takes that step, he releases something. You know, the Lord showed me a long time ago that when he breathed into the man, Adam, 
He never stopped breathing. He's continually exhaling into his mouth. You get that? I mean, I felt the presence of God when I said it. That means you can, you can inhale his frequency, his, his smell, his aroma, anytime you want to. Because that's how much he wants man to experience all of him.
So creation began with the spirit and the water and God releasing his substance, his bandwidth of glory into all of the universe and everything became physical and reflected his identity, reflected his image, reflected his purpose. And that reflection has never changed and it continues to expand. And he created the plants even before he put the sun and the moon in the sky. Which makes the plants so conscious of who he is. Wow. That's good. And we know how important water is because we're 70 to 90% depending on who you ask water. So our, our physical being, our mental capacity comes with this fourth dimensional element from heaven called water. We can expand, we can flow, we can evaporate, we can rain on people. We have the characteristics of water. And it's, as a side note, one of the most important elements that you need to consume is water. And one of the reasons more people are unhealthy than need to be is because they're so dehydrated. So even when you're not thirsty, you need to drink because when you're thirsty, it's too late. <laughs> So water is that element, and it comes from heaven, just like blood came from heaven. You see, science cannot create anything that is perpetual on this planet from those elements of heaven. They, they make some kind of synthetic blood that doesn't last very long. It's not even, I mean, I don't know what they call it, but it doesn't work. And the water they create, they have to have another system to create the water. So the real water comes when you leave this atmosphere, this gravity. That's why the space capsules used to make it when they left the atmosphere. They created their own water for their journeys. So these are heavenly elements designed for our well-being. And when God created man, he made them need that because he never wanted to lose contact with us. Even if we rejected him, he would find a way to stay connected to us physically and spiritually. And all of this is because of his great love for me. And how much we are special to him. And when you treat people the way he treats you, this planet would be a different place to live, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, Lord. So in Luke... Two. 
Verse 27, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. So we see all through the scriptures, and sorry that order here. Genesis 3. Keep your finger there in Luke. Genesis 3, verse 14. So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than the cattle, and more than every beast of the field, and on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat the dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, we, none of us can read that scripture and not know that God is talking about Jesus. Are we right here? Can we all agree with that? Okay, so we see that in Genesis, and we see that all of the Scripture, all the way up to Luke chapter 1, is talking about this day, when the Son of Man is coming in, the last Adam, to replace what the first Adam has lost. We agree? Yeah. Okay, so all the Scripture, this whole Bible, is not written about anybody else but Christ. It's not written about the Hebrews. It's not written about King David. It's not written about Moses, the Pharisees, nobody. It's written about Christ. And this is the culmination of all that prophecy. It's coming to pass right now. So in this scripture, we see that the angel showed up to Mary and say that in verse 35, and the angel said, said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So we see how this conception is getting ready to happen to Mary. We see that the Holy Spirit is going to hover over her waters. And the word was already spoken in heaven before the foundation of the world. But the angel was delivering it. So it was in the atmosphere for her to receive it spoken in this atmosphere, and now the conception would take place in her womb the same way creation began in Genesis. The womb of the planet held the Word and the seed of God, and everything started to create according to what God called it on the planet and forever expanding. Okay? So now we see the same process taking place over Mary. We see the womb of this woman 
receiving the seed or the word from God by the Holy Spirit through the angel into her womb. Now she's going to receive that seed and give birth in nine months. And during that time, we see that she visits Elizabeth and John the Baptist receives the Holy Spirit in her womb. And then the process begins. Now, recognize with me, since we were talking about the changes in the next Bible that you're going to make, is that the New Testament does not begin in Matthew. Hello. Hello. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are speaking about what Jesus came to fulfill from the law. Are you with me? The new covenant did not begin until after Jesus fulfilled his assignment and left this plan. Since we're in Luke, flip over here real quick. So if you got that little New Testament thing in front of Matthew, you can go ahead and rip that out. <laughs> In Luke chapter 22, we see Jesus in this chapter getting ready to go to the cross. And verse 37, For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished in me. He's getting ready to go to the cross. And he was, he was numbered with the transgressors. And this is Jesus speaking. For the things concerning me have an end. Jesus of Nazareth came to fulfill everything that was prophesied from Genesis. But there was an end to his ministry, to his assignment. So salvation for all mankind happened at his death and death on the cross. He paid the sins for all of us. He paid for the transgression of what Adam did in Genesis. That's salvation for all men. Not Jews, not just Jews. Every human being that was and that will ever be. He went to the pit of hell to preach to those spirits who were captive during the flood, before the flood, all of those spirits that were there. He came to present himself as, okay, this is the Son of God, this is the one that you in your hearts know, even though you didn't have anyone preach to you, you didn't have a Bible or a scroll to read, something inside of you know that I am the Son of God. And those who accepted Him were taken out of captivity. Salvation had come to all men. Now, when He resurrected as a living Christ, now all men who have called upon the name of Jesus have the opportunity to return to the garden in new birth. Now you have that opportunity to start and do different than the first day. Every day you wake up and you can choose what tree to eat from. 
So this womb that we're speaking about, it took place on the planet during creation, it took place in Mary's life over the overshadowing of the Spirit, is now taking place in the womb of Jesus of Nazareth. He now becomes a womb for your new birth. He is the water and the Spirit. He is the kingdom of God. Are you following the transition? See, that is creation. Now, this is where it really gets interesting. You have the same power to create from your spirit the same way God did from His. Thank you, Lord. That's why these people have talked about you have what you speak, you have what you say. It's possible if you know if you're in Christ. If you're in Christ, you know He's in the Father. And you know you hear the Spirit. So you don't do the works. You don't just speak whenever you want to speak. You speak according to the Spirit. And that carries the substance of God. That changes things around you. How many feel the presence of God? You can shift the changes. You can shift what's going on on this planet. Wherever you go. If you don't carry who you think you were. But carry who you know you are. Because you don't have any responsibility to do the works. You just have to hear the Spirit. <laughs> Take that weight off your shoulders. You no longer have to live by the law. Hello. Hello. That's why so many people are so beat up. Because theology is all about the law. In every church you go to, you've got to be good. You've got to do this. You've got to believe this. Nobody can do that. You have to be in Him, and He has to be in you. And that only comes from the new birth, not salvation. So when you recognize your condition, then you can start saying, okay, Lord, I want that water and spirit. I want to see the kingdom of God. I want you to overshadow me with your spirit. I want you to speak life into my spirit. I want to receive the water and the spirit in a greater dimension. I want to know you like I've never known you before. I've known about you, but I want to know you. I want to live in you. I want to be out of the equation forevermore. When we're out of the equation, things happen. Things happen because He is breathing on you. He's breathing his imagination. He's breathing his desires, his purpose, his intentions. He's breathing on you. <laughs> we have the greatest opportunity than any people that have ever walked this planet. There's more revelation being poured out than ever. Ever before. 
Lord. We've, we've reached that tipping point or critical mass, however you want to describe it. We've reached it. We have reached it. People just, listen, if you can believe anything is possible, Can I go back to quantum just a little bit? Yes. Just a little bit. <laughs> if, if, if you think about the way things were created, and you see this ocean filled with all possibilities, infinitesimal possibilities, now, even science has used the language of energy and matter. Matter is anything material. We told you that on the atomic level is atoms. And atoms are 99% empty space. Think about that. And we, as a physical structure, are made from this material. But below the atomic level is this subatomic level which is they've, they've seen as packets of little energy. And we've said that atoms are basically uh, frequencies of energy. Frequencies of energy. So before something can become material, it has to begin as energy. So in this infinite ocean of all of these possibilities, both particles and waves. Think of a rock and think of what the rock does when it goes in the water, creating waves. So all of this infinitesimal energy can become particles or waves. And science says some reason, somehow, it blinks in and out of our visible reality, this particle and wave thing. And they're saying that if a human conscious being can see, listen to me, can consciously observe something in the invisible realm, they can make it a wave and it will come into the visible realm. They even give it a name. They call that popping a quiff. Popping a quiff means you transfer this quantum energy from a waveform into a material form. So they have this crazy language. I love it. <laughs> so, so if you, in your spiritual prayer, if you're walking with the Spirit and you're hearing the Spirit, and you get a glimpse of something from God in this invisible realm, your conscious awareness of it can bring it to pass. Okay? That's the design. That's why Jesus says, nothing is impossible if you can believe, because if you can believe it, you make it material. Because the, see, science doesn't get it. What comes from what how the transition from energy and matter is a conscious being that God created. <laughs> they won't tell you that because they don't believe in God most of them. But He created man to bring the invisible into the visible. You get it? Yes. He's looking for sons of God that he can trust with the keys to the kingdom. That kingdom is that uh, infinitesimal ocean filled with possibilities. 
solutions for diseases that people have believed, solutions for energy that people have thought that it's going to run out or whatever. But all of the solutions are in this ocean waiting for a conscious believer to bring it out. Here we are, Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. And that nameless, faceless people are walking the planet today. Because it's not about a name. It's not about somebody with a big title. It's about the believer. They can believe for something that no one else can believe for. And all of a sudden, things change. They don't know how. They don't know why. But something's changing. Something smells different. Something feels different. So the senses begin to be affected, which most people live their life by. Okay, that's their reality. But our senses are the spirit realm. And when our senses have been so energized by the spirit of God, we can reach into that unknown place and pull it out. And it's not for us. It's for the future generations. Most of what I said today is for the future generations that are going to walk this planet. That's going to be in the atmosphere. That's going to stay here. And it's going to produce fruit. Because none of us get anything that belongs to us. <laughs> That's just a principle. And when you recognize that, you are free. <laughs> and, and freedom goes hand in hand with peace. Did you hear me? Freedom goes hand in hand with peace. The peace that passes understanding. When you have to figure everything out, that's not peace. <laughs> right? That's not peace. I don't want to be have to figure something out. I just want to live in the truth of it. You can live in the truth of it. Because the truth is what Jesus came to release on this planet. And it's been bubbling up. For every generation since he's left. As he was speaking, it just kept coming to me over and over and over. When the Lord gave us the vision to start the land, I said, Lord, how in the world can we do this? He said, well, I've given you the vision. I'll give you the provision. And I've never forgotten that. That's how he is. He won't That's give right. you something unless he can give you something to make it come to pass. Right? And all of us are fruit of that. Yes. Really. So before I leave you today, is it getting clear the difference between salvation and Yes. And, and you won't use those two words in the same sentence <laughs> again, right? I'm saved and I'm being birthed into the kingdom. And that new birth is very, very critical for what your assignment is. The fact that you're here, you already know that you have been chosen. You know the scripture that says, many are chosen 
many are called, right? But few, but few choose. Not just chosen, few choose. Few choose. So you've chosen. And now it's time for the get into the things of the of the Lord in a deeper way. Good Lord. So I've got more, but I'll I'll talk to you more about it later.